0: Hi, friends. Welcome to Michelle with 3Ls, where we talk about literature, leadership, and love. I'm your host, Michelle Carlson.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Hi. How are you today, Laura? Good, good. We're going to have Philly cheesesteaks tonight for dinner.
0: Wow. Getting ready for the move. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we are. Cannot wait. We... Um, really looked up some info on like how to make a a traditional one. Oh. And you have to have the cheese whiz, which is totally nasty. You know how I am about like artificial food. food. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it is a necessity. Um and it it really does like throw the Philly cheesesteak like over the park with Interesting. Gotta have the cheese whiz. Okay. Onions and green peppers. Okay. Mm. Okay. Steven is uh going to cook them here in a little bit and it's going to be all nice and warm when I get home. Okay well then we should get to this intro so you can go eat. (laughs) (laughs) So who's um, today's special guest? Megan Klein Hewitt. And how do you know her? Megan and
0: I worked at the Omaha Public Library together and we're actually in the same book club and then we were selected to be on this special committee that became the facilitator team at the library. Oh nice. Why did you guys have a facilitation team? So back when, um, it was in our strategic plan that the library was going to be the nexus for the city of Omaha. And so that meant that was based off of community engagement. And so one way you can do that is by having structured, facilitated conversations. And so we were trained to be facilitators to make the agendas and run those types of dialogues. Oh, I like that. It was really, really cool. It um, had a really tremendous impact on... Megan and I and all the other library staff that were involved with that committee. So how long was Megan
1: on that committee?
0: Um, I believe like five years the whole time that it had started. Um, And then unfortunately, at the beginning of 2017, it was determined that it wasn't necessary for the library strategic plan anymore. And the team
1: had to cease. Oh, so it disbanded? Yes. How'd she take that? It was very hard for all of us. Um, and that's when you, were you back on the facilitation for the one whole meeting Oh no. <laughs> when I came back
0: to OPL I was invited back to the committee and unfortunately got to go to two meetings one was the, the, the last hands- one was our disbanding meeting where we talked about how to disband and move forward without this committee anymore oh that's a real bummer it was very sad and hard on all of us and Uh, Megan and I actually have a really nice moment um, in our conversation where we talk about the lessons and stuff that we took away from it. And I really hope people can hear how much it, the impact that it had on her.
1: I'm looking forward to hearing about that. Yeah. Um, So the um, L for today's theme is leadership. Definitely leadership. Um, So Megan and
0: I talk about uh, facilitation, but then we also talk about one of my favorite things to
1: talk about, which are the Clifton strengths. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, everyone out there, yes, this is her favorite thing. <laughs> um, and so um, we talk about
0: our top 10 and the way that we utilize our strengths and how, at one point, we perceive the things that we're really good at as weaknesses and that transition that the Clifton strengths actually helped us see.
1: Yeah, let's take a listen. That sounds good. All right, here we go. Who are you? (laughs) I'm Megan Klein-Hewitt.
2: I am a librarian by trade. I'm currently working at Des Moines Public Library, uh, part-time, but I have previously worked in a wide variety of library positions, uh, so I'm sort of filling time until I find the right job for me. Uh, I'm also a giant history nerd, so I'm spending a lot of time uh, researching the history of my house so it has an interesting history. It was owned by a landscape architecture professor in the 20s. Ooh. So, Well, my second question
0: for you was what's your current obsession? So. Well,
2: <laughs> so partly that for sure. Um, it's easy to go down historical rabbit holes um, and I can run into trouble with that. So I guess my current obsession is researching the house and uh, my husband and I would really like to try and get it on the National Register of Historic Places Ooh, if possible yeah. and that takes a lot of information to be able to wow. back up why it should be on the national right. register of historic places typically it's a building of specific interest architecturally or the person who lived there has a really interesting and unique okay. contribution to sort of american history or state history or local history so we're leaning more on that yeah part of it the house is Fine, but it's not particularly remarkable. Okay. Um, but the grounds are interesting. There's like a reflecting pool and all kinds of, yeah, all kinds of really interesting wow. um, things that he did as a landscape architect. So
0: Nice. And yeah. what year did you say it was built?
2: Maybe 1923. Okay. There's a rumor that it was moved to the site from a different location. Wow. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I am currently literally just culling page by page through the online archives of the Uh, Ames Public Library newspaper trying to find something that maybe says there was a permit issued to move Mm -hmm. it. Or you'd think in the 20s it would be a big deal to move a house. A whole house. But I'm not finding anything. So it could just be one of those urban legend rumor things. Or it could be. I bet they love you at the public library. They're like, "This is real research. <laughs> let's do everything." Right. That's all every librarian wants, right? Yeah. Actual research questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: So I brought you in today because I'd love. We have talked about uh, strengths finders and strengths based yeah. leadership before, um, and so I just thought I've loved those conversations, yeah. so I'd love to delve into it even more. And so let's start with. Could you describe what Gallup's strengths finders or what's the official Clifton, Clifton Strengths, strengths. That's is the <laughs> the current name that okay. they're going yeah. with.
2: Would you be able to give a little uh, summary of what they are? Sure. Yeah. So Clifton Strengths is a an assessment that assesses where your strengths as a leader lie. And it doesn't have to be leadership, but there are themes that if you lean into your strengths, um, will hopefully make you a better leader um, or or lead to um Better use of your skills cool. in whatever job you're doing. Uh, there are 34 themes, uh, and those themes all come from research done by Don Clifton um, in the 50s. He was a professor at University of Nebraska at Lincoln, and he did research in psychology. And so they did a bunch of research on leaders in all kinds of careers and communities, politicians and teachers and athletes. And so they really come from a wide variety of backgrounds Mm -hmm. for individuals. Um, So they really speak to kind of core strengths and tenets in individuals. It's so cool.
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's a really sure. good uh, summary of that. Um, so what are your top 10? Yeah, I uh, have to look <laughs> Did this you up. It? Yeah. I, it's Perfect. on my
2: CliftonStrengths app, awesome. of course. Uh, so my top 10 in order are input, adaptability, relator, strategic, responsibility, intellection, connectedness, learner, discipline, and arranger.
0: Nice. So out of um, the four overarching themes mm-hmm. of relationship building, influencing, strategic,
2: strategic thinking, and in, 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 you said in, executing. Executing. <laughs> what are your dominant ones? Strategic thinking uh, is heavily yes. my dominant one. Okay. Probably like 40% sort of dominant. Wow. Um, and then executing and relationship building are sort of equal. I think relationship building's slightly higher probably. Okay. Then influencing is... I'm pretty low for me. Yeah, yeah. Like my highest influencing theme is number 12.
0: Okay. So. Yeah. Um, And so this is just so interesting because I also have input as my number one, mm-hmm. but then the rest of mine continue to, um, it, that's the only strategic thinking in my top oh. 10. Oh. Yeah. My next one does show up as number 11 with Intellection, mm-hmm. um, but I just think that's really interesting. We can have the same number one, but mm-hmm. everything else is going to be different and- um, so I'm uh, heavily on the relationship building side. Oh, sure. I have four in my top ten that okay. are that, and then it goes uh, equally, or no, influencing, then executing, and then strategic thinking. Okay. So
2: yeah, that's yeah. interesting.
0: So what have you learned about yourself through discovering what your top ten or all thirty-four of your themes are?
2: Yeah, I I feel like when I initially took it, I just got my top five and. In reading them, particularly in reading adaptability and relator and responsibility, I was like, "I've this has been me my entire life. Mm. Um, and it really, for me, put words to some things that I knew about myself, but I hadn't been able to encompass in a single word, which I think is one of the really great things about strengths yes. in general. It gives you a really excellent vocabulary for discussing who you are and why you do the things that you do with other people mm-hmm. um, that I certainly was lacking. Um, so I think that was a big thing for me was having that vocabulary and being able to discuss those things and then also realizing that those things can be strengths. Yes. So with adaptability, say, like, I'm not the kind of person who's ever wanted an office job and I knew that about myself. Yeah. But and I never thought it was a weakness, but I always thought it was was maybe something that could stand in my way or limit the things that I was interested in. But realizing that that's just a small part of what makes me that way and that there are really other, a lot of strong things that come with adaptability. Right. um, Like that ability to just shift really, really quickly to a situation. Um, So, you know, as you know, in librarianship, especially working in public service, Mm -hmm. things can go sideways really quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So having really high adaptability makes me really good in moments like that. When things do go sideways, I can adapt to those situations really well. So it's not something just like not wanting an office job. It's not wanting an office job makes me really good at being a librarian. working in public service so i think that's really interesting like that it goes hand in hand that is awesome (laughs) so in that essence how are you using them well i I think that's kind of a good example but i think also um in in a way of trying to use my strengths that i haven't necessarily always seen as a strength i really have struggled with relator as a strength relator is all about really desiring close relationships. Mm -hmm. And when I initially read the relator description, a lot of the things that I read were things that have always made me about myself feel like I struggled with relationships. Yeah. Because I want really deep and close relationships. So a lot of those things I read as things that I had always considered for me to be a weakness. Mm -hmm. So then looking at that as a strength and trying to flip that in my mind it's hard like right. it's still hard there's yep. still things about myself when i read the description of later and read some of the roadblocks that gallup mentions like only keeping a close circle of friends um those are things that i know i need to work on mm-hmm. but i also know and accept that i'm never going to be this outgoing walk into a room and meet a bunch of right. people kind of person like yep. i have literally walked into parties with friends and they've said let's go meet some people and i said do we have to? No. <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't
0: want to do that. Um, I am definitely that friend that has probably <laughs> said that to you. <laughs> Let's go mingle. <laughs> right. Because I have uh, woo and communication in my top. Yeah. And yeah. so that is definitely like, yes, I want to talk to people, meet, to pe- meet
2: people. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I have woo like, it's like 32. Okay. <laughs> it's way down there. Yeah. Communication's like in the mid-20s. Okay. Um. So I do not have that. I am very much this, like, in my head, happy with
1: Mm -hmm. the friends
2: that I have kind of person. But knowing that about myself and um, being able to kind of use that information, not to change who I am, but to accept that I am this person who wants close friendships. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm shy or can't be social in situations where I have to be social absolutely it's kind of the my pet peeve when
0: people get extroverted confused with outgoing or introverted with being shy
2: where that's not it's not the same thing it's not the same thing at all like I'm a somewhat introverted person Mm -hmm. but I'm not the world's most introverted person like when you look at introversion versus extroversion as where you get your energy Mm -hmm. um I definitely get energy from people and from yeah. being around people just for me it's being around the people I know as opposed to being in random social situations that is excellent to uh, learn that about yourself mm-hmm. and
0: realize that yes you can be around people it's just you want to be specific about who those people are right
2: right yeah. I want to have existing relationships with those yeah. people otherwise yeah. it's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> totally yes yeah
0: um, yeah and I think that's Now that I think about it, I do get a lot of energy from making new relationships Mm -hmm. and meeting new people. I love people in general. One of my top – I didn't list my top five or ten, but it's input, includer, empathy, communication, and individualization. And so for me, the individualization also comes out in wanting to have kind of those one-on-one conversations with people and just find out what's unique about them and find ways to celebrate that uniqueness. Mm -hmm. So – yeah, I'm all for those random conversations, right? Which is part of why
2: I wanted to right, do this podcast. Right, right. I was to say I think that you're so good at that, even outside of this world. Oh, of thank podcasting. you, podcasting. I think you're good at making people feel welcome and heard. And oh, thanks. So yeah, makes sense. Cool, cool. Thanks. Your top five. I read your top five initially, and I was like, oh yeah, no, yeah. Michelle.
0: Oh, awesome. Thank you. I had somebody say like, oh my god, that is like just a list of who you are. Right. Like, yes, and that is what it's also so fascinating about. Then. Taking that Clifton Strengths assessment and realizing that some of these things that I thought weren't necessarily the best qualities about me are actually the things that are making me a better person. Right. That um, it's the way I just go about work differently mm-hmm. than other people. Mm-hmm. So because I am more relationship building and stuff, and not so high in the strategic thinking. Yeah. Like for me, my input when that's about like cataloging information and getting. Input literally from other people to help right. make decisions and stuff. I'm also going about that more through people than I might be going through like actual text resources or something. Yeah. Where maybe you or other people with high input are going to go about that differently because mm-hmm. of what our other themes are and how they tie into each other. Right. Absolutely. So, with that in mind, how do you define success? And do you find that you are defining it differently than people that you're working with?
2: <laughs> so I, in in strengths, there is a theme called significance. And before I got my full 34, I was like, I have significance in my top 10. I have yeah. to. And I don't, Ooh. which I thought was really, really interesting because I've always been incredibly driven to not just do something, but do something incredibly well. Like, I've before I knew what I wanted to do, it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Like way past undergrad <laughs> to figure out what I wanted to do. It wasn't until I started working at the library with it. I was like, oh, okay. This is the thing nice. that is for me. Um, and that was like nine years ago. <laughs> oh wow. yeah. So I felt like it took me a long time. And I think I beat myself up for that mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. in that period of time. Um, especially when I felt like so many of my peers knew what they wanted to do and were finding their way to do those things yeah um and so for me success was always really driven by this idea of being the best at whatever it was that I chose to do I didn't know what it was but yeah. I wanted to be really excellent at it and that is 100% still a driver for me and mm-hmm. what I consider to be success is not just doing what I'm doing well but doing it As well as I possibly can, which is really not tangible. (laughs) Right. Yep. So I feel like I'm constantly pushing myself to do better and do more and make the organization that I work for the best it could possibly be. I feel like when I talk to people about librarianship and what drives me as a leader in librarianship is that desire to make whatever library i'm working for the best it can possibly be for that community that it's serving and that's different for every single place um but i mean for me a lot of my feelings of success are driven by what i do for work like i'm not a person who has a lot of hobbies yeah um i put a lot of myself into what i do Mm. um for a career which was problematic when I did not know what I wanted to do right led to a lot of kind of guilt and confusion and I didn't feel good about myself because I Mm -hmm. didn't know what I was doing um and I think I've only had this realization that I look for and feel success in what I'm doing yeah so um yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was a good answer. <laughs> oh, I well, I think it
0: um, speaks to the fact that there's varying degrees of success mm-hmm. and that um, the way that we hold ourselves accountable for that success. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. part of it, I, I was thinking about this this last week because I was thinking about my top five strengths. Responsibility is in my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is all about being driven by what you tell people you'll do essentially like, okay it's I think it's an executing theme but it's all about doing what you say you'll do like if I tell you I will do something I will do something yeah no matter what and I was thinking about this in terms of you know being between jobs right now I sort of struggle with finding things to do mm. and I'm wondering if it's because I'm not promising anybody else oh that I'm and i Right. <laughs> I yeah. think that's really interesting. Like how do I find that drive within myself? How do I make promises to myself just as valid as promises to other people?
0: Absolutely. Um one of my executing themes, my first one is focus, mm. and for that's prioritizing and acting mm-hmm. and in a project that I'm working on with the launch leadership, mm-hmm. the nonprofit that I volunteer with. Mm-hmm. I'm not finding the absolute priority in the work right now. so I'm not finding the I'm not making the time to actually sit down and do the things for it. Mm-hmm. And I found that even with this too, I have a couple um, episodes that I haven't edited yet because priority wise release dates, it's like whatever it's on my own time. and that's not giving me the push to keep going. Mm-hmm. So I definitely see that when it comes to, Work or finding the right work in general, that sometimes you need that um, extrinsic motivational yeah. power
2: <laughs> versus yes. intrinsically. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely struggle with that. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I don't need to do anything about that. Maybe I just need to accept that that's sort of how I work mm-hmm. and that giving other people my promise is how I get things done. And that's okay. Right. So then it's just about finding a way to. Make the things that I want to do a promise to other people. Yes. Yeah. And then finding that compromise that that those promises are the same. Right. Yeah. Like that level of accountability. Yeah. 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 I think that's it for me. Is that the accountability comes in telling someone else that I'm going to do it? Because I've done other things. Like I uh, was a high school speech coach for yeah. a long time, uh, and so much of that was about knowing that those people were expecting me to show up and those kids were expecting me to show up mm-hmm. and be my best self. Yep. That is a lot of that's, that's the kind of motivation that I need.
0: Yeah. Same. I definitely agree with that one. Yeah. And for me, I do have significance. It's mm-hmm. my number seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where that comes out more for me instead of like, like the responsibility. Yeah. Sense. So with that, that you feel the need to, you know, make promises to other people, What qualities are you looking for then like a team setting? You know, if you were to design your best team, what are Mm -hmm. those qualities or strengths that you'd want to work with?
2: I definitely need people who are going to meet me halfway. I think it does come from that responsibility thing where if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do something. But that means that I need everybody else who says they're going to do something to yep. do
0: it, you know? Yep. Um, follow through.
2: <laughs> yep, yep. I need people with follow through. Um, I also, so you mentioned focus. I do not have focus. Ah. I hate goals. Oh, okay. I do not write goals. I have had lists, like to-do lists in the past, and people tell me that those are goals. I'm like, no, they're not. They're just to-do lists. Like, there's something. Interesting. It's an adaptability thing. Okay. Because adaptability and focus they're not opposite but they're almost opposite yeah they're kind of opposite yeah. adaptability is about very much about living in the moment and for me in the way that I think in the way that I lead my life I don't think about the future mm-hmm. um and I very take things as they come I've never been the kind of person who was like, this is my plan for my life, or this yeah. is my plan for my career. I've been much more like, oh, well, this is an opportunity right now. Uh-huh. I will take it. You yeah. know? Um, so having somebody who can do that, I can think strategically really uh-huh. well, but I need to know what the end point is. So I need somebody to help me maybe get to that end yeah. point as well. So follow through, somebody to help me figure out what the end goal is. Um, those are the two big ones and then otherwise I really in teams look for people that I'm comfortable with it's that relator thing yeah I need people that I feel comfortable being me with Mm -hmm. and being able to I want to say be honest but I don't think it's an issue of being honest I think it's an issue of just having that comfortable working relationship with Mm -hmm. I need people that are willing to give of themselves to me and I will give of myself to them definitely that's very much how I see relator for me like if you're willing to go there I'm willing to go there but if you're not then yeah, yeah I'm going to be st- kind of standoffish so I need teammates who are very willing to give Join up themselves. Yeah, themselves yeah. yeah. this is kind of a random question but
0: in that sense of working with teams and working on yourself how do you find that your strengths help
2: you quote unquote adult <laughs> man I have never thought about that I've always been, and I think it's a responsibility thing. Most of the people I know with responsibility are very, like, serious people. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always been a serious person. Mm-hmm. Like, even when I was in middle school and high school, my friends were like, no, you're the mom of the group. Like, you make sure that people, like, have all their things when we're leaving swim practice okay. and <laughs> check over the hotel room before we're leaving after a band trip or whatever, you know? Um, so adulting's never been a problem for okay. me. Like I was adulting when I was twelve. <laughs> awesome, good for you. Oh, <laughs> well, like I said, like yeah. I read the top five, and I was responsibility is a strength I have always had wow. that has always been there for me, and it comes out in in things like that. Yeah. Like I have always been the grown up of the group even before I was a grown up, which. When I look back on my childhood, I'm sort of like, man, I should (laughs) have. I was way too serious for (laughs) one. Let loose a little bit. I was way more serious in high school than I am now. Interesting. Um, And I took myself more seriously, Mm -hmm. which I think that that is a definite improvement in myself that I have made as an adult is that I don't take myself as seriously, and I don't take. I don't want to say everything around me, but like, I, yeah, I don't take myself as seriously, and I think that that's a made me a better person Cool, and made me a better leader. For sure,
0: yeah. It's, well, it's kind of like what you were saying as far as like your relator. Um, for me, when I'm looking at a leader, I'm going to be looking for somebody that's going into the trenches with me just as much. And so when you say about like letting loose as somebody that is high on relationship building, I want to be silly sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to want my leader to be willing to kind of let go a little bit too and go with that flow of things. Which going back just a little bit, when you had said about focus and adaptability being mm-hmm. somewhat opposites, mm-hmm. I think adaptability is definitely in my bottom like 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, and I always try to think of myself, I want to be a flexible person, but I, to find flexibility, I have to have like a point by point plan. <laughs> and then what that'll give me the comfort to be flexible than in the moments. But yeah. I don't know, I, I feel like I can adapt. Like you said, when it comes to public service work, you have to be able to work with the unpredictability of the patron. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like maybe I'm able to do that more, maybe because of like my empathy and leading um with wanting to meet them where they're at mm-hmm. um through feelings mm-hmm. versus um the the procedural policy and stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean that's the thing I think is really interesting about strengths is that the same sort of behavior can appear but for different reasons right yep um where for me it might be coming from a place of adaptability or i have high connectedness mm, as well mm-hmm. which is all about seeing the connections in the world and understanding the bigger picture that's at play like i can look at an individual who's in front of me and think well x way y and z may have occurred in their day and that's what yeah. led them to the place that they're in now um but for you it's it's empathy and wanting to understand where they're coming from Mm -hmm. just as a human being yep yeah so and those are all going to lead us to the same sorts of behaviors exactly and um
0: meet the best outcome for the person that we're working with Mm -hmm. too and have successful projects um so yeah that's really interesting
2: i think I, I don't know where discipline falls for you mm. but i have discipline in my top 10 as well which i feel is not opposite of adaptability but it's all about creating patterns and routines okay. for yourself yeah um which i 100 percent do as well so i for me it's almost like adaptability is this thing that just sort of happens and just is sort of who i am and it comes out more in some situations than others and it is very much about living in the moment in my mind at least there are so there are three strengths that are very time-based so one is adaptability which is about being in the Mm -hmm. now one is futuristic which is about thinking forward and thinking in the future and one is connectedness which is all about um not connectedness context (laughs) context which is all about looking at the past to make decisions about today Uh, And so for me, those all sort of align in like a timeline. You can have more than one in your top five, but most people don't um, Mm -hmm. because they kind of have one or the other. Um, So for me, adaptability is like I'm here and now and in this all the time. And that discipline then comes in and backs that up with. Where I'm here and now, but I'm going to have some routines and some plans of how I spend my time, but I'm not thinking forward into the future. <laughs> right. Ooh.
0: Now, I don't remember where those lie for me. And now I'm also picturing somebody that could potentially have context, adaptability, and futuristic in their top 10, and uh-huh. just, like, what a mega brain, uh-huh. like, to have somebody on that team and throw in, like, a str- another strategic thinking theme, whether it's strategic itself or something, and it just watch them fly yeah yeah I can't imagine (laughs) yeah that person would be like (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so I also kind of wanted to talk to you about facilitation and then the way that facilitation happens around our strengths or how you use your strengths to facilitate so um to start um how do you define facilitation or what is facilitation
2: for me facilitation is both creating an agenda and having that sort of skill at creating an agenda that will help a group reach an end goal or plan um and then also having the skills to stand up in front of that room and lead them through that agenda to get them to where they want to go so it's about both having sort of those strategic thinking skills to be able to write that agenda to get them to a certain place and knowing what is likely going to work and what might not work right Uh, and then also that ability to stand in front of that room of people and lead them to that end point and adapt to whatever is occurring in the room um, to help them get there definitely
0: so when you started facilitating was standing in front of the room the hard part was designing an agenda what did you find the most
2: like oh my god i'm gonna have to do this (laughs) standing in front of the room yeah for sure was the (laughs) hardest part Um, I think my brain has always been sort of wired to that sort of thinking about what's going to get me from point A to point B. I think I became better at it when I became a facilitator, but the agenda writing part came somewhat naturally to me. It was the getting in front of the room part Mm. that had terrified me. So I did speech in high school and I was terrified the entire time I did it, (laughs) but I did it. I made myself do it. Um, and right around the same same time that we started facilitating, I had, I was in grad school and I had given, a a speech as part of grad school to a group of librarians, like professional librarians. Uh, and it was horrible. It went so badly. It was terrible. Like all I remembered, I felt like I blacked out in the moment and just like talked really quickly and rushed through my speech and I felt horrible about it. Yeah. And I Walked away from that moment and said, "I'm never doing that again." But not in like, I'm never giving up and getting up and giving a speech again. But in it, I'm never doing it that way again. So right around the same time that facilitation started, I joined Toastmasters. Oh, so for me, those two things kind of went hand in hand. Mm -hmm. I became more practiced at giving written speeches. And then on the facilitation side, I became more practiced at standing in front of a group of people without always having a plan for what to say. Yeah. So doing those two things sort of concurrently was really helpful for me because it kind of got me over that stage fright. Mm -hmm. When we started facilitation, I was also had this like lifelong fear of failure and being a facilitator forces you to get over that. Yeah. Like you are going to mm-hmm. fail at yep. some point in front of a group of people and they will probably call you out for it. Yep. Either in the moment or later in some sort of you mm-hmm. know review process. So you just sort of you have to get over it if you want to do it. So for me, I got over it.
1: Awesome. I wanted to do
0: it. Good for you. Um, well, I, as somebody that has seen you facilitate in multiple forums from where it was a training setting to um, running a meeting, I never saw those nerves, um, <laughs> but I definitely saw the adaptability of wanting uh, the best for everybody in that mm. situation to include everybody also in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you're a good facilitator. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, what were some of the lessons that you learned from facilitation?
2: There are so many. Yeah. Like, I feel like I became a different person because of facilitation. Yeah. Um, and I have a lot of feelings about facilitation totally. generally. Yep. So I will try to keep yep. it together. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> but really, I feel like... <sighs> Michelle, you shouldn't have asked me this I'm question. So I'm going <laughs> to start crying. <laughs> I can go get the tissues. Um... I feel like it played so much into my strengths that it that's part of the reason why it became such an easy thing for me. Like it felt easy for me. Mm-hmm. Not at first for sure. Um, but after a while, because I feel like it does play into those strategic thinking skills. And like I said, I think it really I always had this sort of strategic as a theme, as, mm-hmm. a, as a strength. I always had that in me, but it really helped me hone that. Mm -hmm. It really helped me improve my ability to think about processes and using those processes and kind of parts of a meeting to get to that greater whole at the end. Um, And I think it helped with my. I can use the relator sensibilities that I have to make a room feel at ease. And realizing that, like, that's one of the things that really helped me realize that relator can be a strength, is that I have this sort of natural ease and warmth with people that I did not feel like I was capable of showing before I started facilitating. Yeah. Like, it really helped me hone that as well. All in that very public persona. Like, when you stand up in front of a room of people you don't know, Uh (laughs) you need something. And so... For me, part of it is is having that public persona of warmth and confidence mm-hmm. um, that I did not have before becoming a facilitator. Well, I'm glad that I
0: was able to help. Um, and I hope that in whatever career that you... Career or job, specifically, that position um, helps you grow mm. in those ways and use these things that you've learned because... Yeah um same in that sense of that these this skill of facilitation has drawn out those qualities of my strengths that I didn't identify as the strength part of myself. Yeah. Um and I yeah, my wish for the world is that everybody gets something that they can do that helps them live that best life find their best skills mm-hmm. um, and how to utilize them yeah
2: yeah i it mean it, it really made me realize how strong i am as a person mm-hmm. and i didn't have that before like there is something about getting up in front of a room of people and completely failing that makes you realize how strong you are
0: right yes and your resiliency mm-hmm. um and that lesson also of like not taking it personally mm-hmm. i think is the biggest thing especially when i was work when i work with youth that they're not always <laughs> going to like you, right? right. <laughs> um, but in a lot of ways, it's a planting the seed of something. Mm-hmm. And so maybe they didn't like you, but they're going to like something that you did, or they're just going to remember something that you did, and that's their takeaway. Do you have any other final, anything that you'd like to say about facilitation? Or?
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I said this, but it changed my life. Yeah. Like if somebody has an opportunity to do it, and they think that they're not strong enough to do it, you're probably wrong. And it's worth it. Like, and whatever that hard thing in your life is, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever it is that's sort of standing between you and you being the version of you, you want to be. Yeah. Just plow through and do it. It's worth it on the other side. Definitely. Even if it really sucks in the moment. (laughs) Right. Yes. And
0: that's the thing. We have to get over ourselves and just like, just do the thing and, See what happens after. Um, One of uh, some advice I got recently was that um, because I get very nervous about making the wrong decision. Mm. um, But somebody told me that it's not that you make the wrong or a bad decision. It's that sometimes you're either going to receive a blessing or you're going to receive a lesson Mm. from that decision. Um, And I don't know. That's a good mantra that I'm trying to move forward with Mm -hmm. in making decisions. And like sometimes it'll be end up really well. But it's most likely not going to kill you or kill anybody else. Right. So
2: go for it. Yeah. I often will tell people, like, whatever the decision that we make is, it's the right decision for this moment. If that's the decision we choose to make. That's a... I like that, too. Yeah.
0: Well, I like to end with literally my question is, what advice do you have for listeners? <laughs> well, we've kind of already done that. But do you have anything else or just, like... Um, Or random life advice, a best advice that you've ever been given?
2: I would always say, whatever you do, whatever your job is, treat the people around you well. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And you'll reap benefits from that. Like, not only will you reap benefits from that, but they'll reap benefits from that as well. I think, especially when thinking about sort of leadership, that that's probably the best advice I've received Mm -hmm. and the best advice that I would be able to give to anybody. If you treat those around you with respect in every single person, it doesn't matter who they are. You know, We all have stories and backgrounds that have brought us to where we are and that shape us to be who we are and Mm -hmm. everybody has reasons for behaving the way that they do. And the more we can respect that and let people have ownership over that, The better the outcome is going to be
0: very true that was beautiful
2: thank you so much to my guest and thank you for
1: listening today I hope you enjoyed and learned something new this episode of Michelle with three L's was recorded in the whisper room located at the University of Nebraska Omaha music by Kevin McLeod, and special thanks to Drew for all his help in connecting our audio system equipment and my sincerest gratitude to Laura for being the
0: best producer and friend this entrepreneur podcaster could ask for. And remember, go love, lead, and read, my friends.